This message comes from Legal Talk sponsor, Choice New York Management. The heart of every building is its people, and Choice New York knows how to find the right people to deliver a first-class experience. Staffing by Choice is the premium provider of building services in New York City. Serving New York's residential and commercial buildings for 15 years, our philosophy is simple. Your home, our priority. Visit choicenewyork.com to learn more. Welcome to Legal Talk, a conversation about governance issues that New York's co-op and condo boards are tackling today. I'm Bill Morris with Habitat, the New York City magazine for co-op and condo board directors. And with me today is Chris Tumulti, a partner in the law firm of Fox Rothschild. Chris, we both know that in condos and co-ops in New York City, apartment alterations and combinations are a big fact of life. Tell us, what is the first line of defense that co-op and condo boards need to rely on when somebody comes to them and says, I want to combine two apartments or I want to put a new bathroom in? What do boards need to do first things off the bat? You're exactly right. They are a part of life. And you only really need a first line of defense if there's going to be an issue arising. So you want to make sure that you're paying attention to it from the outset. You want to make sure that the board is engaged uh, with this process. And the best way to do that is having an alteration policy or even better, an alteration agreement that is signed with the individual owner prior to the alteration taking place. This is important because the board has an obligation to in and secure the building and fiduciary obligations to the other owners or shareholders in the building to make sure that the building is operated in a safe and effective way. The issues that can arise and that are important to make sure that the board is protecting against are damages, work that's outside of the scope of what's permitted, insurance issues. All of these are addressed in a well-written alteration policy or agreement. Now, will there also be time limits and fines for the work has to be done in X number of months or weeks or so forth? I mean, there's minute detail can be entered into in these agreements. Am I right? That's exactly right. Depending on the scope of the alteration that's requested, you may want to have more or less detailed agreement. If it's a small alteration, just a policy may be sufficient where certain submissions are required. Naming the board and the building as additional insured is a key component there and having a scope and a plan that the board can make sure is followed. You mentioned at the outset, apartment combinations or the like, that situation you're running into something that's a little larger and more involved where you would want to make sure that the board has a design professional engaged independent of the architect designing the project for the owner who can review that on behalf of the board. Because Obviously, a big concern in these scenarios is protecting buildings, common elements. That leads to a question. What about oversight? I mean, does the board have the right to come into the apartment and make sure that the person's not putting in an extra bathroom? I mean, does the board need to be on site and hands-on to make sure the work is being done in accordance with that agreement? Sure. The, the That level of oversight can be negotiated for in the alteration agreement. Even without that, the board does have rights to enter in on appropriate notice or in case of an emergency if something goes awry with the work or if perhaps a, a leak is occurring that needs to be addressed. So the board always has backstop in their rights under the governing documents. If you want to have a policy that's in place uh, that so you don't have to go back and rely on those remedies 
suppose there's damage to the building, to the common areas caused by the work. What's the board's recourse there, Chris? Obviously, if it's an emergent situation, the board should immediately engage in repairing that and containing it. If it's obvious what the source is, you want to engage with the owner, maybe their contractors on site. You then will have to evaluate whether the source of that was something that was permissible or it was a violation of the owner's obligations, either under the alteration agreement they signed or the governing documents themselves. In that case, then you get into additional remedies that the board has to enforce those obligations. Now, I wonder if you have any real-world anecdotal experience. You've dealt with these cases a lot, I'm sure. Tell us a story about something that actually happened in your practice. You know, it's interesting. We talk about apartment combinations. And the thing that I see that that I've dealt with uh, a lot in my practice is when you have uh, exterior components, right? Whether you're renovating a balcony or a terrace or you're installing a roof deck, those seem to always have some sort of problems. Because dealing with exterior construction, you're dealing with common elements of the building. These alterations proceed without appropriate uh, initial review and oversight. It could be a small building where a unit owner has rights to a rooftop or a terrace and just proceeds with the renovation themselves. I have a case where there was a, a roof deck that was installed early on in the development by the first purchaser of the top floor, but it wasn't done with any building department permits filed with any architectural plans followed. There's always a question of, well, the board approved it, but oftentimes you have these first boards early on, they don't really know what they're approving. In this case, you have roof decks that are installed, and when they did it, it damaged the roof membrane and damaged the, the waterproofing components that allows moisture to seep into the structure of the building. When those damages become apparent, uh, ignoring these issues is not an option because they're only going to get worse. And you have a fiduciary obligation to protect the building from damage. We engaged a, an, an architect and an engineer to review the source. Unfortunately, we had an uncooperative unit owner. And then at that point, they have to engage an attorney and likely take the court if they don't comply with removing the non-compliant structure. So that's a worst case scenario. To sum up, what's the lesson here for co-op and condo boards when someone wants to alter or combine apartments in the building? Well, the the lesson is have a plan. Have a plan in in the first place and be engaged because while the, the board may think that this is just happening inside one apartment or inside a space that's exclusively used by one shareholder doesn't really impact the hallways or the lobby or the, the structure of the building. You have to make sure that that it's that it's done according to law and, and in a safe way. Because if it's not and there's not oversight, you could have issues down the line that would become expensive and, and potentially damaging to the building and other residents. Okay, Chris Tumulti from Fox Rothschild, thank you so much. Thank you, Bill.